we are defined by those thoughts, but what can define our journey is how we meet ourselves in those thoughts. So how we reframe some of those thoughts. If you're placing your self-worth on a financial achievement or an achievement in your business or, you know, getting engaged or whatever it is, you have an opportunity then to be like, do I want to dwell on this? Do I want to like sink my teeth into this or do I want to choose something else? This is the Alchemize Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Johanna, and I am so grateful to have you here joining me for yet another soul expansive conversation. My intention with every episode is to show you through storytelling and in-depth conversations that you, yes, you, are capable of creating anything you desire. Alongside yours truly, you'll hear from thought leaders and industry voices, and together we will teach you how to come alive in your authentic expression and remember the infinite power of your soul. We're covering topics like wealth, worthiness, the pursuit of your passions, and you'll be inspired to break all the rules of living an ordinary life. You were truly put on this planet to have it all. The thriving spiritual practice, the steamy relationship, the income, and the impact. So together, let's align with our divine selves and alchemize your life. Mm, Welcome back to the Alchemized Life. Can I just say... It is so delicious to be here with you weekly, sometimes twice a week, since the beginning of this year. Like, it feels really good to have the fire lit again, to have conversations such as the conversation you're going to hear today, to be recording solo episodes for you, and to just be tapping back into this beautiful, beautiful space. You know, when I first created The Alchemized Life, it was really like that first zing of excitement that I had felt in my business, knowing so deeply that there was something really powerful and really magical that was to come of this podcast space and the conversations that were to be had here. And that was back in 2018, which is so crazy. This is going into year four (laughs) of The Alchemized Life. Um, Officially in June, that will be the four-year birthday, I believe, which is wild. And it's just been really cool to see that zing of excitement unfold through the community that's been built around this podcast, the individuals that I've been able to connect with and the stories that have been told here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here with me. Today's guest is Amy Rushworth and this conversation is just going to be so beautiful because it was so much fun to sit down with Amy and record I met Amy through Ashay Sandara's mastermind, Dharma and Diamonds, last year, 2021. And from the very beginning, I was like, ooh, this woman, she is powerful. She is so embodied in her work and her message and her voice. And to be honest, usually when I see people that have that, unapologetic essence just flowing right out of them. I know that those are the people that actually have the most important stories and have overcome and navigated so much within their life. I know that because I feel so many ways that that has happened with me. 
and that that type of essence, that type of confidence, that type of unapologetic living comes from experiencing so much of the other side. And so you're going to hear Amy's story today. And, you know, as I always say, I think that the power of storytelling is that first and foremost, we get to see ourselves and others. And secondly, we get to see that where we are or where we have been and where we desire to go is possible. And so I'm so excited for you to feel that and hear that and experience that in today's conversation with Amy. And if you are interested in diving in deeper to her work, I highly suggest doing so. Throughout this episode, I talk a lot about one of the courses that I'm in with her right now, but she also has her course, Pleasure Empress, which is I think starting this week. So for those of you that are feeling that zing of excitement that I talked about that I had with my podcast, but you're feeling it with being supported by Amy from diving deeper into really embodied living, learning to bring pleasure into your daily experience and how pleasure can actually be the gateway to living such a fulfilling life in every single area of life, whether it be your relationship to self, your relationship with others, money, business, all of it. So I highly, highly, highly recommend checking out everything that Amy has to offer. If anything, even just giving her a follow because she is so incredibly knowledgeable and every single post that she writes on Instagram, every single story, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. So you'll find everything Amy in the show notes today, including the link to Pleasure Empress, her Instagram, her website. And I hope that you enjoy this episode. Miss Amy Rushworth. Hello. Welcome to The Alchemized Life. I'm like I said, before we hit record, so excited for this conversation, so ready to drop in with you and already was feeling like the energy of where we're about to go before we hopped on. So thank you so, so much for being here today with me. Thanks for having me. I'm really impressed with this microphone thing that you've got going on. Like are you holding that? that I am. <laughs> well, so I all I put all my stuff in storage back in January and I could have sworn I brought my podcast stand with me. It is nowhere to be found. So I'm just doing like TRL style interviews. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. want one. I want it's like kind of like cool and extra, you know. I'm oh, like yeah. looking at it. Yeah. It's I need great. to get one of those. You know, your hand starts to cramp about like 35 minutes through, but it's okay. I just switch hands. <laughs> uh, so cool so you're in Mallorca right now you've been there for what now like three years or two and a half years like a year and a half but it feels okay. like I've been here for forever mm, yes and it looks so good on you but you know before we hit record we were talking about how so for everyone listening Amy and I met in Shay's master class her mastermind Dharma and Diamonds and there was this moment I don't even remember how we got here but I looked at Amy and I was like you are living my vision board like you are my vision board brought to life and like everything from where you live to how you hold yourself to I'm like looking at your, your background and your, in your office or your, whatever your space is. I'm like, it's all that I've ever like put on the boards and how I've envisioned for myself. And so I'm really excited to just like drop in a conversation with you around like boldly stepping into creating that vision board life and having the courage to become the person that is already there. Cause I know that it wasn't always that way for you. And that like stepping into your voice and really feeling confident, sharing your gifts, it wasn't always that way for you. Yeah, totally. 
So I think when people come across me now, it's probably easy to assume like, oh, you know, she's got it all going on. It's all perfection. You know, I've got like a lot of Virgo placements. I'm a Leo. I'm a Taurus moon. Like I have all the bougie signs in my chart. And so I love beauty. I love luxury. I am a mental projector. So my environment is the most important thing for me to be able to channel my genius, to be present, to feel really good. And so my life is a reflection or a manifestation of that. It's there to support me. But I mean, earlier on in my life, like it was total chaos. It was a total opposite. You know, my journey into spirituality, healing and business that I now have is the result of a mental breakdown in my early 20s. So I had PTSD, but I didn't know I had PTSD for a long time until I, you know, eventually got into therapy and I really started like piecing my life back together. Um, I had a lot of addictive tendencies. I was disassociated. I was very numbed out, like I couldn't feel my emotions, but then that would manifest in me going for all these really like peak toxic experiences so like drinking a lot of alcohol sometimes smoking 40 cigarettes a day taking drugs I was self-harming as a teenager but the thing that I was really good at was like keeping a lid on it so that no one would know anything was wrong so it was like I was living this double life where it seemed okay on the outside it seemed really cool on the outside I had a good job I had a nice apartment I had friends I was going out all the time but really I was struggling on the inside and you know putting myself in situations doing things that I wasn't proud of and I didn't like who I was as a person and so the life that I've created has really stemmed from being the person on the inside that matches the person on the outside. So not just achieving things or creating things because it looks good to other people or it's going to somehow hopefully make me feel worthy. It's actually working on the inner world and then creating a beautiful extension of that in my outer reality. Um, And that involved a lot of deep, deep self-inquiry, healing, inner work, a lot of tears, <laughs> um, but it's all led to, you know, the beautiful life that I have now. Yeah. And, you know, I can resonate with that so much in my early twenties, having looked like I had it all together. And, you know, even we talked about this on your podcast, even over the past year, having so many things that on paper looked perfect, looked amazing, but still not feeling like that inner environment really matched the external reality that I was creating. And so I'm curious for you, because I think that especially over these past few years, a lot of people are starting to wake up and, you know, in that, in those beginning stages of awakening, it can be really easy to still default back into what's comfortable and not necessarily have, I would say like so much of the proof that doing the deep healing is worth it. And that there is like so much beauty on the other side. So I'm curious for you, when you started like seeking out therapy and starting to shift these tendencies that you had and these patterns that you had, was there like a aha moment at all where you kind of woke up and realized like, wow, like I need to, the way that I'm living isn't working and this isn't how I want my life to go. Mm, Yeah. 
So because I was in such a dark, disassociated place when I was doing my first ever therapy, I've done so many things since then, but my first therapy journey, I remember very little, but there was one thing that she said to me that really stuck with me. And like, it's, it's honestly this huge part of everything that I, you know, do now and that I believe in now. And I remember at the time I was freaking out about, you know, a bunch of different things that were going on in my life at the time I was going through like a really bad breakup. I just, you know, completely fallen out with one of my best friends and my life was a shambles and I was freaking out about how everyone was talking about it, how everyone was talking about me, talking about how I was such a mess, talking about this rumors, et cetera. And I remember she just looked me dead in the eye and she was like, you can't control what happens externally or what other people think of you, but you can be in control of the person that you show up as today Mm. and the choices that you make. And that's now a question that I ask myself regularly, whether I'm going through like a challenge or I'm noticing that I'm, you know, not feeling the expansion in my life or the gratitude in my life for what I'm achieving, whatever it may be, is I ask myself, who do I want to know myself as in this moment? Who do I want to know myself as, as I have this conversation, navigate this moment in my life, celebrate this, move through this grief. And ultimately, I feel like it's the most empowering thing ever in the world, because we can't always control what is happening, but we can control like, okay, who do I want to be in this moment? And this is deep identity work, but most people think of, you know, changing their life or transforming who they are, their vision, who they become is like this big breakthrough thing. But it really actually happens in these little moments where we ask ourselves a question like that, like, who do I want to be in this moment? Mm. And we overlook it a lot of the time because we think, oh, it's just a simple moment. It's just a subtle thing. What difference is that going to make? But ultimately it like compounds, like compound interest in a way where you know yourself as a certain woman or a certain person through all of the choices that you make, the way you speak to yourself and the way that you move through whatever life is bringing you. Yeah. I mean, when you asked that question in uh, the first call of Wealth Body God, which is the newest course that you released um, that I am so grateful I signed up for, it's already been so powerful and there's been one call. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But when you asked that question, it really did remind me of like one, first and foremost, presence and how important our presence is so that we're choosing versus reacting to whatever moment is in front of us. And the micro moments that do add up to create who we are. And I think for me in my business and the very beginning stages, it was very much like big picture looking ahead. What is it that I can do, do, do in order to scale my business and, and get more clients and all of these like very like heady kind of masculine, more just like aggressive questions that I would ask myself that kept me in my head. And it really wasn't until I started asking questions like that, not that question specifically, but more like questions that allowed me to drop into my heart and focus on who I want to be that I started seeing people respond to me differently. And then reality shift in a way that welcomed in 
the vision that I, that I really had. And so I love that question so much. And I definitely suggest everyone that's listening to ask yourself that question, even on a day-to-day basis, like put that in your journal and set the intention at the beginning of the day that you are going to be and embody the, the, the identity, the woman that you, or the person that you desire to, to show up as. So I really appreciate you, um, asking that question. And I think that, that, um, statement your therapist made, I can still see that in how you show up now online in, you know, there's been several times where you've shared online, which is so empowering because I think so many people get so scared about like what people will think, how, people are going to think what they're going to think. And it doesn't matter what you do. Like there's always going to not always, but there will be people that disagree. There will be people that will give you a hard time. There will be people that don't see in the same way that you do, but there's also going to be thousands of other people that are so impacted by what you do have to share. And I really appreciate every time you really remind your community of that, because I think that that's something that gets in the way of a lot of women and just people overall showing up and doing what they want to do. It's that fear of the external. Yeah, totally. I mean, one of the questions that I'm asked probably most frequently is like, how are you so unapologetic? You know, you just don't give a fuck about what anyone says. And I tell them, I do care about what people say. Like I I do, because we all have a part of us that cares. And I have a part of me that is self-critical, that does want people to love and adore me. I mean, I'm a Leo, right? We want yeah. everyone to love and adore us, you know? But what I have trained myself to realize is that I care more about who I am becoming. I care more about what I have to share that's going to be of service to people. I channel my care towards the people who I know will be liberated and expanded by what I'm saying. And I also do it for, you know, the young and vulnerable and afraid part of me as well. We all have that part of us. So the unapologetic part of me is like the adult part of me that's taking care of this little girl inside of me that's saying, I've got you. Like, I'm going to make us proud. We're going to share this. We're going to stand on our two feet and be brave. And in the beginning of that journey, it's a little bit more difficult, I think, because you don't have any evidence that it's going to work out, that it's going to feel good, that you're going to be really proud of yourself. But if you just start taking little steps like that, mothering this part of you, showing up in a more bold and truthful way, you get more and more evidence of like, wow, it feels really good to be who I am and to stand for that. And that actually helps you to weather the challenges, the judgment, et cetera, because self-esteem is about, you know, living by your values, living as who you are to your truth. Um, And so I always want to tell people, like, in the beginning, it feels a little bit stickier. So just, like, take it step by step. Ask yourself that little question again and again. And eventually you're going to be in this beautiful momentum where, you still have those thoughts and those concerns about people judging you, but you're focused on something that's so much more important. Mm, Yes. I think it's so important that people realize like it doesn't ever fully go away. You just, like you said, like learn how to mother yourself through those moments of stickiness. And I think that the, the divine mother energy is coming up so much lately in, in my own life. And I think with a lot of, a lot of individuals, because 
you know, whether we have, I have a great relationship with my mom. That doesn't mean that it's perfect, but, and there's still many moments in, especially in building my business and like around my, my work and, and my mission where the divine mother energy is so needed. And I think it's so easy for us to fall into like toxic, toxic conversations with ourselves, especially as entrepreneurs and and business owners, where it's, you should have do, she should have done this, or you should know better or et cetera, et cetera. Especially when you know so much in like the personal development space. And what I've found is that, that never really actually helps to like tell yourself those things and kind of like gaslight yourself in a way. And the divine mother energy and like really like holding the, the little girl inside of you has been so healing for me in, in being able to really like work through heal and rise above a lot of the, um, the stickiness and the doubt. Yeah, definitely. I think this is really potent for spiritual entrepreneurs as well, because I know from when I've spoken to other leaders and coaches who have been clients of mine, they often have this, I guess, assumption that because they're going through something or they feel insecure about something, that they're like a fraud as a leader. And I think there's a really big difference between teaching something that you really lack embodiment with versus just being a human that moves through things like a human moves through things, right? And um, this is where that divine mother energy is really needed to be able to, you know, give yourself reassurance, give yourself celebration. I know that that's something that I'm always working on as well, like really dropping in and celebrating everything that I have created, that I've accomplished, that I stand for and who I am. And so I think it's it's really vital work to always be visiting, especially if you're a woman who holds other women. So if you hold women as your coaching clients or in your containers, you embodying that for yourself actually allows you to be a healthier, like maternal energy in your containers with your clients and to be the embodiment of that for them as well. I think so many of us give ourselves conditional love. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we felt like we got that from our own mother or from other sort of maternal archetypes in our life or in our childhood. And really the love of a mother is that unconditional love. It's that unconditional assurance. Um, and I think we can all get better at strengthening that in ourselves because you know, our worth is not conditional upon our success, our results, um, you know, our external achievements. We're worthy because we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that note as well, there's this thing that I was thinking about today. And maybe I've even said it at some point in my career. It's that that's saying that everyone knows of like your thoughts create your reality. And I just was thinking, yeah, I was like, I don't agree with that. <laughs> um I think that you're going to have lots of crazy fucking thoughts when you're someone who's living on the edge and expanding and you're wanting to do beautiful, big, brilliant things with your life. You are going to have crazy ass thoughts a lot of the time. And I certainly still do. But again, it's like we 
we aren't defined by those thoughts, but what can define our journey is how we meet ourselves in those thoughts. So how we reframe some of those thoughts. If you're placing your self-worth on a financial achievement or an achievement in your business or, you know, getting engaged or whatever it is, you have an opportunity then to be like, do I want to dwell on this? Do I want to like sink my teeth into this or do I want to choose something else? Do I want to know a different paradigm? Um, And so I just wanted to mention that because that was really alive for me before we jumped on the school. I was like stewing on it as I was walking around. And I think part of that is actually that divine mother energy of recognizing that you're not your thoughts, your behaviors, you are love. Mm, Yes. And one of the things that like almost broke me down into tears the other day that you shared at the end of our breathwork ceremony was like just putting your hand on your heart and realizing like, as long as this is beating, you are worthy. And that was so powerful and has been something that I've like actually been coming back to is just like putting my hand on my heart, feeling my heart beating and just like letting that be an anchor into remembrance that like, I am love, I am worthy. And for me, that has been like such a gentle, like mothering practice of like, oh, okay, here I am. I'm good. I am love. It's okay to have those thoughts. And I think it's like you said, to like really step into that maternal energy. It's something that I think is actually really rare in, in our society because we've grown up with such hard boundaries of like what success looks like, what life needs to look like, how to be happy, how to be loved. And I think that it's created a lot of, like you said, conditions on our own happiness, on our own feelings of worthiness. And I just loved that, that little anchor moment that you provided us. So thank you for that. Yeah. So I'm curious then, because you have had all of these beautiful programs and, and, and arenas where you've supported women and clients through money and pleasure and, um, voice activation and business. At what point were you like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. This is where I want to go now. I have so many moments like that all the time, (laughs) all the time. So many beautiful moments where I just feel like I'm in a conversation with God and it's just like, this is why I was brought here. You know, this is why I came here. Um, I definitely feel that way anytime I sit with plants, you know, sit with mushrooms or with ayahuasca. That's always really a powerful remembrance and it always kind of like clears any cloudiness because you know, the, the coaching industry and the spiritual world can be kind of noisy. And even if you're really full of self-confidence, like I am, like you can almost like unconsciously get caught up in like, oh, like what's everyone else doing? Um, and so anytime I'm getting into a medicine ceremony, I come back to just like the purity of stillness within myself. And I'm like, this is who I am for the world. Um, but earlier on in my business, I mean, when I was really early on in my business. I was doing some personal development. um, And in this seminar, they got us to create like a project that would really stretch us. And so as a baby, baby business owner, I barely knew anyone in London where I was living at the time. I challenged myself to put on an event 
for charity to raise money for men's suicide prevention. And I got 120 people there to buy tickets. And like my intention was that I wouldn't have to pay for anything. Like all the money would go to charity. And so I somehow got a big venue in the middle of the city in London, which is like impossible. I got all these different brands to come together to serve food. And then I had a, a, a panel of speakers who were like best-selling authors and people who I was like, couldn't even believe they replied to my email. And I hosted this event and I got up on the stage weeing myself, like, who am I to do this? But I did it. And I, I felt like I was driven by something bigger than me and I saw it all come together and it was this amazing night. And so for me, that was really a huge confidence turning point where it was like, I can do big things. I can dream big. I can make things happen. I can get on a stage and speak to all of these people and do it with confidence. And so I always remember that moment because, yeah, I was so young in my business and I just dared to dream, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. I love that so much. I remember like maybe a couple months into teaching yoga, one of my girlfriends and I were like, let's put on a a yoga and music festival. And it was like a hundred person festival. We called it funkier fears. And she taught the yoga. And I was like, I'm going to give a talk on like moving through your fears. And I was so, so scared, so nervous and probably talked like a mile a minute. But when I got off this, off this, the stage, there was no stage. It was like blacktop in this like cool outdoor (laughs) venue. Um, but when I, when I finished, I was like, holy shit, that felt so good. I definitely forgot half of what I was going to say. But it was, you know, kind of like you had that moment of like, there's something happening here. How do you, because obviously it's not like it was like smooth from from that point forward. How do you keep momentum from those moments? Because I feel like we all have moments like that in some sort of way. And then life happens, you know, we have an epic launch and then maybe the other one doesn't do as great as the next, or, you know, a post does really well. And then the next one, not so much. How do you keep momentum even when the external doesn't necessarily continue to like have this linear, um, approach to success? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's two things. So just before I did all this, I had a business coach at the time, even though I was like brand new on my business, I hired a coach right away because I was like, I really want to be deeply supported and I want to go all in. I was like all in at this point, even though I was so scared. Uh, And I remember she said this thing to me, it was like a mantra and it was like, life says yes to you or people Mm. say yes to you. And it's like, assume this to be the way that everything is happening. So it's like the assumption is positive, right? I'm assuming that if I want something, life's going to say yes. The people are going to align. The conversations are going to happen. It's going to happen. I just have to go in with that assumption. And so when I actually created that event, I was asking for all these crazy things that I would never dare to ask anyone. Like, hey, best-selling author, can you come speak for free at this thing that I want you to do? And I was finding I was getting a lot of yeses and I was having conversations in different ways because I wasn't coming in with my tail in between my legs, feeling like an idiot. Like, who am I to ask you this? It was just like, well, life says yes to me. And they're going to say yes. I'm going to ask and 
if they do, they will. And if not, then someone else will say yes. Um, and so I was really rolling with that kind of mantra at the time. And I took that into the trajectory of my business and my leadership from then on. So like assume the best. And when it's a no, I'm like, oh, that's kind of random, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so there was that. And then also I had like a lot of trauma and issues from the past with my throat. So, um, you know, part of my PTSD and my flashbacks, I experienced sexual abuse when I was young. And a lot of that had to do with my physically with my throat, which is really horrific. Um, and so every time I would try to talk or like do something, my throat would start closing down a bit or if I was trying to speak, et cetera. And so I recognize this in myself, but I also recognize that it would be a really powerful tool for me. You know, I really desired to use my voice. And so I was like, okay, the wound is there. We're going in. Like, what's the way that we can like turn this wound into the light? And it's interesting you said momentum because this is the idea that I went with. I was like, if I just keep up with the momentum around speaking and using my voice, I'm going to get confident and then I'm going to be on a roll and I'm going to be in a rhythm and then like I'm going to be able to eventually move through this. And so I did this thing where I <laughs> I did, I think it was 35 in-person talks in a year. And that's not including podcasts and things as well. I was like going on loads of podcasts. So I reached out to so many brands. I was networking. I was like offering to speak for free at some events. Anything that someone asked me to do, I was just saying yes. Now, nowadays, I wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily do that based on where I am in my business and like how much I value my time. But at the time, I was like, I need to do this again and again and again until I feel powerful mm-hmm. and the way is through. And so I did this for like a year. Um, and actually what happened was I became very well known for speaking and then I started a podcast and people were paying me really big amounts of money to speak in London. Um, and so that's that's the general momentum that I created. But I really like made a commitment to mm. doing the thing that really frightened me. Yeah, I think that that is like the most powerful yet simple advice for anybody that's just starting out, you know, I say all the time, it's not a matter of if it will happen. It's a matter of when it will happen. If you do show up committed, if you do show up devoted, I like, I really believe that. I think that most people don't find success because they're quick to give up. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to hustle your way to the top. It's just that you have to understand that, anything there's a, there's a real going around right now. That's like about how like you suck at something and then you get better. I don't, it was like some like catchy jingle. And, um, it's so true. Like everyone kind of sucks in the beginning and then gets better. I think you even said something the other day about like, be kind, be gentle or on yourself. If you're not like incredible at it from the very start, because none of us are incredible at it from the very start. Yeah, totally. I think, This is another excuse that your mind will give you about why you can't be successful, why you can't do it, because you look at someone who's maybe five years into their business. Maybe people even look at me and think this and go, wow, she's so successful, so competent, et cetera. 
And I know that I did that when I started my business, like looking at the people who I admired, but feeling so far away from that. And it can be really discouraging. So this is when you really need to like, you know, give yourself that tough, loving kind of like inner coach motivational speech and be like, everybody has a day one. Everybody has a day 50 when they want to give up. Everyone has a day 500 where shit hits the fan and they consider closing down their business, you know? Like every single person starts somewhere and every single person is just figuring it out as they go. The ones who are going to sustain their success and really make it and do incredible things are the ones who are just willing to stupidly figure it out, to just Mm -hmm. be like, I don't know how to do this, so I'm going to Google it. I'm going to take a class on it. I'm going to hire someone who can help me to figure it out. I'm going to ask questions that feel silly but help me to get clarity. And entrepreneurs at all levels are doing this all the time. Um, And you have to have that tenacity and that conviction and make your dream bigger than your insecurities. Um, Because being an an entrepreneur is always going to put you in a place of discomfort, but it's also the place where you're growing. Um, And if I think back to me when I started my business, like all of the things that I know how to do now, like I know how to do so many like intricate things and so many big things that would have terrified me in the beginning. And now it's just so second nature. Like I could do it in my sleep, but Mm -hmm. that's just the result of being willing to learn and to be a beginner. And you accrue that knowledge and that wisdom with experience. But I think a lot of people want to like shortcut the wild experience in between that's where we grow and that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur like the journey of that and growing through that yeah absolutely I'm a one three projector so I am all about trying things and letting that be the way to learning which you know has definitely resulted in many ego deaths but it's worth it because you know similar to you I have been able to learn so much and like I definitely think I'm a jack of all trades in that vein um And I attribute that to like my willingness to look stupid, my willingness to like not get it right on the first try to stumble over my words. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really through practice that I've gotten better. Like, oh my gosh, I had a Facebook memory come up about a month ago and it was my very first Facebook live that I did. And I, I probably watched like the first 30 seconds before I was like, I'm not watching anymore. <laughs> There's no way, but oh, she is so sweet. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love those memories, especially when it comes up, um, you know, like baby business moments and you're like, oh my God, it's like cringy. But at the same time, I feel so proud of that version of me. I'm like, you go girl. Like you didn't even know what you're doing and you were just like going for it. I love you so much. But yeah, I love that you're one three as well. That three line, you know, all about trial and error. I'm a three five. So I got that, but then like the five line, which is the the one that everyone projects things onto, you know, like a walking trigger. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm, you know, built for failing, trying again, like receiving wisdom through that. And then having everyone just like project their shit onto me. So (laughs) 
Oh yeah. goodness. Oh goodness. I love that you blend so many different like schools of thought and knowledge into your work in a way that feels so intuitive and so infinite. I think so many people can get like wrapped up in certain, uh, I, I guess like lineages of, of human design or astrology or Enneagram. And I don't know, just the way that you do it never feels contractive. It never feels like contained, but it feels so boundless in how you have actually used it to support you in becoming even more unlimited versus limiting yourself. Yeah, totally. I think some people are built for that, right? Like being devoted to one particular thing and really becoming the master of that or like, you know, the priestess of of that lineage or, you know, really a genius in this one area. Whereas for me, I've just always, I don't know, I'm like inspired by everything. Like I could be inspired by Gene Keys reading and then I could be inspired by the woman at the market who like speaks to me in Spanish and like gives me my melons, you know. I really see life as a school uh, for the wisdom that I'm here to teach. And it's a very three, five way of doing things. Um, and I have a very, I guess I have a very like fluid and open paradigm of reality. Like I'm open to my beliefs changing and they have changed at certain points in my journey. Um, and I really believe that I'm here to help people to find their truth, not to teach them a truth. Um, I'm helping them to like, create that space for themselves. Um, so I definitely think I'm more of like that coach archetype than necessarily the teacher archetype in terms of how I actually hold my containers. And then my teacher archetype, that's just kind of like who I am and my life and what it symbolizes is teaching people in a weird way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just like fascinated by all the things, you know, I can't be contained. <laughs> I love it. It's so fun to be stimulated by so many different arenas. I mean, I think that's why I love newness and being in different environments is because it, that's like what activates my creativity, activates my inspiration, makes me feel closest to God is when there's no like stagnant, unmoving energy, but everything is fluid. Um, So I want to like detour a little bit and go back to something you shared around your throat and sexual trauma. One of the big pillars in your work is pleasure. And I am assuming many of the individuals listening to this have had some experience of trauma in some way. You know, I remember a couple of years ago being in this situation where I started hearing a lot about, I think it was like during the Me Too movement, started hearing about a lot of sexual trauma. And I asked the question of, well, was that considered like being, being sexually abused? And someone told me, if you're asking that question, then there's probably some like remnants of abuse there or sexual trauma there. And so that really opened my eyes to realize one, first and foremost, a lot of the things that had happened in my early twenties or like late teenage years were not okay. And, um, that if I was asking that question, if I was having those hesitations or feelings that there are so many other women and individuals out there that have experienced some some form of trauma, some form of sexual abuse in their lifetime. And so I know that 
pleasure is so big in the work that you do and how you live your life. And how has that been like just incorporating that into your life? How has that been healing for you? And like, what has been your journey with the integration of pleasure and really allowing yourself to live your life without a wall between you and pleasure? Mm, Yeah. Thank you for sharing that as well. I think so many women have a shared experience and we invalidate ourselves and society invalidates us because, you know, even if you look at the women that do take abusers or rapists to trial, like the onus is on the victim essentially to prove it, you know, and it's it's very hard often to prove these things. Um, and even if it's maybe not legally you know, not okay, if it doesn't feel not okay for you, your body is holding that as a traumatic memory or as a memory that made you feel uncomfortable or unsafe. And so my work is really like creating a space for women to give themselves self-forgiveness, to heal, to, you know, validate whatever it is that they're feeling, to give that part of themselves a voice Um, And so a lot of the healing work for me and for other, you know, survivors of abuse and rape or even just women who feel abused by society at large and the way that sex is so distorted um, and so shamed for women, um, you know, a lot of this work can be painful work because you're diving into a part of yourself that has closed itself off for protection. Um, So it's, it's delicate. Um, and it is serious work. You know, you want to do that work with someone who's qualified to be able to hold you safely through that and to teach you how to regulate your nervous system uh, before you start diving into, you know, all of the juicier, yummier, orgasmic practices that sound much more like marketable and much more interesting to most people. Um, And so the initial journey for me was, quite painful because I went from being really disassociated to my body to having all my sensations switch on at once when I was 25, when my flashbacks began of the abuse. Um, And, you know, at that point I'd been healing for several years and not even remembered the route until like it came back. So it started with, you know, a lot of somatic practices, a lot of breath work, um, yoni diamering, things like this. Um, And then it's, you know, once I learn how to regulate the nervous system and when other women that I work with start learning how to expand their window of tolerance to self-soothe in healthy ways, then you actually open up more capacity for deeper pleasure for more intimate self-pleasure and pleasure with a partner. Um, And I saw this great quote the other day that probably summarizes this, which is like, if you block yourself from your pain, you block yourself from your pleasure. Mm. Um, And, you know, we all want to feel pleasure as humans because we're pleasure-seeking beings, but we're also pain-avoiding beings. And so it's a really kind of wild and liberating journey that is full of pain and shadow and going into the depths and going into the shame, but it's also going to liberate your, you know, pleasure, your orgasm, your ability to have healthy interdependent relationships, your ability to love your body, to move through body image issues. Um, And so it is, in my opinion, probably like the deepest 
spiritual and emotional healing work that women can do. Mm, Yeah. I mean, again, like even in that first call that we had inside of Wealth Body God, and I know that you have Pleasure Empress coming up soon as well too. And I mean, all of your work goes into like, it's not, none of it's surface level. It's all so deep. Um, But going into it from this place of like, creating that safety in your body, that nervous system regulation. And like, even like talking about the window of tolerance, most people don't know anything about having a window of tolerance. It's just avoid pain. If the pain comes react and like be like crawl back into that space that feels comfortable and feels safe. Um, but like you said, it, like it limits our capacity to receive on the other end. And I think that that was something that was really intense for me to wake up to when I first started doing practices that were more around like opening up my capacity to hold emotion, to hold pain, to also hold pleasure with myself or with a partner. Um, it was really intense. And I'm so grateful that I had a support around me to be able to go through those processes and be held in the mess of it all. And I think that's why, you know, why I've always loved your work and have respected you so much is that you like, you go deep with people and you're doing the work that, I mean, not to make any work better than any other work, but you're doing the work that like really creates again, that word momentum in everything else that we do. And I think that people, I think I posted this on, on one of your captions the other day, like people need to pay attention to this work because this is the shit that like will crack you wide open in the best possible way and make all of the other work so much more potent. Mm, Thank you for saying that. Yeah. This, um, this other creator the other day was DMing me and she had like recently found me and was like, Oh my God, like, I love your page. Why don't you have more followers? Like you're amazing. That's what she was saying. And I was like, I don't know. I think I'm like a little bit edgy for people. You know, I think it's like, um, a good thing to share as well as like growing an Instagram audience doesn't actually have anything to do with your abilities as a coach, a healer, a space holder. And actually sometimes when you're taking people into really deep, profound healing spaces, you aren't necessarily the most famous person on Instagram. And now I don't want to like create that as like a paradigm because I feel like I want to hold the duality of both of these worlds. But um, this deep work is, is confronting for a lot of people. It's scary. It is transformational. You know, we're on some level as human beings, afraid of how expanded we could be, how deeply transformed we could be by things, because it's much easier to just numb out. We live in a culture that's constantly plugged in, but numbing out at the same time. Um, And for me, I've just never been interested in creating shallow experiences that would probably be really marketable and make me shitloads of money but felt empty or felt like I just left a thousand people kind of moderately inspired and not, you know, actually self-actualizing or creating any change in their lives. And so, you know, part of, part of my integrity and my mission is always to take people deep um, and to always be going deeper myself so that I can actually hold people there. Um, you know, and that's also why, like you said before, I don't get fixated on any one modality because it's my job to channel what's needed 
from spirit through the certifications and the trainings that I've trained in to create experiences that really help people and really serve people. Mm, Yes. What is going deep for you now look like? Like, what is that focus now for you at this season of your life? Uh, It's so deep. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a lot of masterclasses out in the industry, right? And I think that that's amazing. And, you know, for people who are just getting into the work or, you know, there's periods of my own journey as well, where sometimes I just want a masterclass with someone, right? But if I'm holding longer containers or I'm creating a space where I'm saying like, hey, this is what you're going to experience. If I'm saying this will change your life, I'm creating an experience that will change your life. It won't just inspire you for 30 minutes on a class Um, and at the core of all of it it's helping people to find radical acceptance and wholeness within themselves whether it's money and wealth whether it's pleasure whether it's spirituality business it's about remembering your wholeness Um, which to me I think like that's the deepest shit ever right like being like I am whole and complete and I feel it and I remember it and I know it with every single fiber of my being. And I think, you know, that's not an experience that a lot of people are having in our world right now. Yeah. Especially when there's like the shiny object syndrome of like just signing up for all of these things and like, Ooh, this looks cool. Let me do this. Let me do that. Let me do that. Where you're not actually even allowing yourself to go deep within the experiences that you're saying yes to. Um, I know I'm certainly guilty of doing that many times and I've had to take a huge step back and, and really like be in a space of massive discernment. Like my intention for 2022 is to not work with or sign up for anything. And so I knew that when you had released wealth body God, which I'm talking about a lot, it's already, I think, I don't know if people can actually <laughs> sign up three weeks from now. It'll be like almost over at that point. Um, but there's so many ways to work with Amy. Um, but I knew that when I saw you share that and that I felt this like deep pull towards it, that there was like something very authentic and, and intuitive, like pulling me towards it that I couldn't ignore. And, um, yeah, I think that just speaks to, first and foremost, the integrity that you have behind your work. And then also just the journey that you've taken yourself on to get to a place, to be able to facilitate that type of transformation and create experiences like that for others. Mm, Yeah. There's a lot of conversation in the coaching world around like having continuous investment in yourself, having continuous mentorship. And I I think that there's certainly some truth to that. And I've had extended periods of time where I have, you know, had a lot of mentors and a lot of support around me. But I also think it's really important to be in your own energy sometimes too, Um, you know, to like what you were doing, like keeping your channel just clear and being with yourself and cultivating that self-trust so that you're not in like a codependent relationship with the coaching industry. Because I think there's a lot of, um, I mean, I don't know if it's intentional, but I feel like there's, there's a certain, you know, amount of people who are like at a certain level of success. And it's almost like there's all these people beneath or at the start of their journey who are like almost trying to plug in and like, and take, take her codes, her wisdom, like give me some of that sort of thing. And 
I've just never wanted to create this weird kind of hierarchy with people who come into my containers or, you know, working with me in any way. It's a very like three, five mental projector thing. Like I see everyone as equal, truly. Like I treat everyone the exact same, whether they're at the supermarket or they're paying me six figures to work with me, you know? Um, And so I think it's important what you said to practice that discernment and practice self-trust and when you are investing to work with someone or you're going into somebody's retreat or their certification whatever it may be to make that investment from a place of Mm -hmm. self-trust making it from a place of sovereignty knowing that you don't have to do it the exact same way that they do it you don't have to get something from them that you think you don't have it's like a space should empower you to trust yourself always Mm -hmm. yeah that's so powerful for people to like tap into I think it's so easy to say like this is going to give me this or this is going to get get me here and in the beginning you know the courses that I was signing up for were like gosh, I don't even six figures using a like webinar or something like that. <laughs> Just like the most like clickbaity um, courses where I was spending like thousands of dollars and it was like to teach me one way that was the way. And I remember I had, I like signed up for a course that like one of the person on one of, it was a webinar and I was like one of the first persons, pe- people to sign up for the course. So I got like a free call and the woman on the other side, who's like a pretty well-known now woman in the marketing space, just like berated me on how I chose to set up the webinar because it wasn't enough time. And it wasn't like all these, all these things. And that set me back for months in like my trust in self and had me so dependent on the experts and so disconnected from my own voice. And, you know, at that point I hadn't really worked one-on-one with anybody, but I'm so grateful that I eventually was like, I need like a one-on-one mentor. I need a one-on-one coach to support me and help me like move through these, these dependencies that I've placed on other people. And I'm so happy that I, that I um, found somebody who was really embodying the energy that I wanted to create within my own life and my own business and to teach me how to do that myself and not just do it in her way. Um, And I think that it's so easy for us to outsource in this process of building our businesses and just, you know, I'm going to go back to like building that vision board life. It's so easy to outsource, but the greatest thing that anyone could ever teach you is that you're your greatest teacher. Yeah, totally. It's like a coach's job isn't to tell you to do it one way. A coach's job is to help you to reveal within yourself what way feels good for you. Mm -hmm. And I think like they teach you that when you become a coach, but Maybe it's that some people are forgetting this or maybe they never did a coaching certification in the first place, like a lot of people don't. But it's like a coach's job isn't to dominate you and to be like in this weird 
like mummy daughter situation where it's like I'm the boss and I'm right because I said so it's like the coach's job is to hold a space for you to understand what feels good and to present different teachings to you so that you can find your own way of doing things I think we're all so different you know like even if you look at things like human design gene keys specific manifestors non-specific manifestors like there are so many different ways to create success, to heal, even the the healing world, there's so many different things you can do and different things are going to resonate for different people. And so I think really it's our job when we're holding people to heal, to grow their business, whatever it may be, is to help them illuminate their way, not project our way onto them unless you're specifically being asked like, hey, what did you do in this situation? And you share your own insight. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, absolutely. Amy, this has been so just amazing. I'm so grateful that we got to have this conversation for everybody listening. You can find Amy on Instagram at this is Amy Rushworth. Where else can people find you? Um, what is coming up for you? How can people work with you and get support? So I think when this episode is in your ears, we're in the launch of Pleasure and Press. This is one of my most popular sensuality pleasure containers it's mind-blowing like it's it's very deep we get very intimate teach you all the things you know we're working with wands and yoni eggs and breath work and healing like it's really beautiful um and then I have my membership where we do breath work every month so that's a really nice like option if you just want to like plug in a little bit Um, And then the rest you can find on my site, amyrushworth.com or the podcast, Amy Rushworth Show. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amy. All right, my loves, before you finish listening to this episode, before you leave and go on with your day, thank you first and foremost for listening to this conversation with Amy. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that there was some takeaway that you can incorporate into your life today. If anything, I hope that it left you feeling inspired, excited, and ready to go. Speaking of, there's exactly one week left to join us inside of the Academy of Breath. Our April cohort is starting on April 13th. And if you are ready to deepen your connection to inspiration, to intuition, to leadership, to source itself in the universe and God and to utilize breathwork and meditation as tools for connection, for expansion, for growth, for healing, then I would love for you to join us in this round. It's going to be so incredible. I am so excited. This is the first time that we're extending it to 12 weeks because every single time we end the program, people are like, I just want to be in it forever. Can we make it longer? And so we're like, yes, okay, we'll make it longer. (laughs) So we are really, really excited to have this round of the Academy of Breath starting next week. And if you have been looking for a breathwork and meditation certification program, we would love to have you inside. So I'm going to link that inside of the show notes. And if you have any questions at all, feel free to just shoot us an email or you can reach out to me on Instagram at Ava Johanna. And let's get you in. It's going to be amazing. And I deeply, deeply, deeply want you to have an amazing experience with us. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week.